Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. On your radio and in the game, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Good Friday afternoon and welcome to the weekend. Sports Talk Mississippi rolling into an open date weekend. No football for Ole Miss or Mississippi State or Southern Miss tomorrow. We will see Southern Miss on Tuesday night when they climb back into action against South Alabama. Not going to see the Rebels or the Bulldogs, though, until next Saturday for Ole Miss. It is a road trip to take on the Auburn Tigers and for Mississippi State up next, well, they head to Fayetteville to take on the Arkansas Razorbacks. For Auburn, before they play Ole Miss this weekend, they've got to go to Baton Rouge. And for Mississippi State, before they take on Arkansas, well, the Razorbacks, they are in Tuscaloosa tomorrow. So not exactly easy assignments for next week opponents, next week's opponents for either Ole Miss or Mississippi State. And uh, I think if you're a Rebels fan or a Bulldogs fan, that is just fine with you. Make it as hard and as physical and as long and as taxing and as tiring as it can possibly be. Glad to be with you. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. You want to get in on the action this weekend? Well, the sports book is the place to do it. They've got tons of screens so you can watch all the games at the same time. They've got the crystal betting terminals where you can sit and kind of bet in-game live action if you want to. If you prefer not to deal with a person, you can just go to the kiosk and place your bets there. Or... If uh, you are technologically challenged and you just want to go and talk to a person, you can go to the uh, to the main register and place them that way. Promise you're going to have a good time though with a uh, a great food scene, great bar scene there in the sports book. And hey, if you wanted to, you could sneak across the street in between games if you got bored for a little while and check out a little golf at Dancing Rabbit. Love to hear from you this afternoon on the Seaspire text line six zero one eight seven nine. Four three nine five. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from C Spire Business. Learn more at cspire.com slash business. No, we did not fire him. No, he is nothing is wrong. Uh, Brian Haydad just taking the day off once again. I told Jane last night that Haydad was off. And she's like, oh, okay. She's like, what was he doing? I was like, nothing. She's like, what do you mean? I said, well, that's kind of like what he likes to do when he takes some time off is uh, just, you know, unless it's specifically 
he's taking off for something, like to go on a trip with his family or to go on a boys' trip or something as a doctor's appointment. He's real big on just kind of using his vacation days to kind of do nothing. And so good for him on that. That voice you heard, though, was Michael Borkey's. I'm Richard Cross. We are glad to be with you. Borky, it's hard to say the football weekend started on Thursday night when it actually started on Tuesday night. So we had Tuesday night and Wednesday night. Is is Tuesday night an extension of last weekend, or is it the beginning of this weekend? Yeah, I think it's got to be the beginning of the new week because you have a day off break for Monday night football. So college football doesn't compete okay. with the NFL on Monday yeah. night. So if you take a break, you got to start the uh, the new week. So we had some games on Tuesday night. We had some games on Wednesday night. But boy, did we have games... Last night, uh, Southern Miss, excuse me, nope, different SM, sorry, <laughs> SMU, Southern Methodist. Wait, what? A- A- SMU, yeah, my bad. I was looking at SM and said Southern Miss. Uh, SMU, 31, East Carolina, 10. It has been a struggle this year for East Carolina, and uh, SMU's been, been pretty good this season. What are, what are they, 5-2? and two? I think that's right. Got the score right here. I can be accurate. Four and two, and they're off to a two and zero start in the Amer- in the American East Carolina one and five. But one of the great stories in college football this year has been the play of West Virginia. They got popped in the mouth pretty good on opening weekend when they played Penn State. But since then, West Virginia had won four in a row. Felt like Neil Brown was like a standing eight count going into the season. And maybe it got to nine with that season opening loss to Penn State. But they had been hot. And they were down pretty big in the fourth quarter. And then things got weird in Houston, Texas. So first, it was Houston in the lead. West Virginia on fourth and ten with less than a minute to play. 22 seconds to be exact with the ball on the 50-yard line. Okay. Not looking good for the uh, for the Mountaineers until... Fourth and ten, ball game on the line. Green's pass. Caught! Wow. And look out! It's Clement! He might score! He wow. does score! Touchdown, West Virginia! Best completion. All right, so let's pause it right there. So at that point, they only kicked the extra point because West Virginia had scored a touchdown on an 11-play, 75-yard drive. They were trailing 35-24, scored a touchdown, went for two, and converted to make it a three-point game, 35-32, with 3.42 to play. They kicked it off to Houston. Houston got really, really conservative on that drive. They had to give it back to West Virginia. You heard the result. Hudson Clement with a 50-yard touchdown pass to Garrett Green. Horrible to defense, West... by the way. I, I mean, oh, the, just the... tackle the guy. Unbelievable. Yeah. It was like a drag route, kind of a drag yeah, slant across the middle of the field and broke two or three tackles on the way to the end zone, took it in. And so the Mountaineers were getting ready to sing Country Roads on the road. Until they got an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty following the touchdown and so had to kick it off from deep. And Houston got really good field position. They picked up, what, eight yards on first down. They had second down and two with 
Two seconds left on the clock Two from the 49-yard line. Three seconds left, and uh, yeah, 49-yard line. Three seconds. Two's in a row. This will be his last, and it's for the football game. If he can get it off. To the end zone. Tipped, and he caught it. Yes, touchdown. Holy Toledo. Stephon Jackson does it again. More like Holy Houston, Stephon Johnson with the 49-yard touchdown reception. The Hail Mary never works, Until except for the does. fact that it worked. The ball got tipped into the air. It was caught by Stephon Johnson. 41-39, Hail Mary, final play of the game. And, oh, by the way, Donovan Smith, the quarterback for Houston, he made a couple of really nice moves in the pocket, Borky, to get away from some pressure, kind of get to his left, give himself a, a chance on the throw, and also give his receivers a chance to get down to the end zone. Because so many times, like even with three guys rushing on a Hail, Hail Mary play, so many times you see the quarterback under like crazy duress. He got away, made a good throw, and Houston moves to 3-3 three and three on the year. They get their first ever Big 12 win, and they do it against West Virginia, who falls to 4-2 and two on the season. That one stings for the Mountaineers, and oh, what joy for Dana Holgerson and the Houston Cougars. Yeah, uh, a little light crowd as well there. At least they got to have some fun, though. Uh, you, you know, feel the, uh, the electricity of uh, the Big 12. doesn't matter. It was a really good night. I enjoyed it. It was fantastic. I saw somebody and tweet, it was a whole get to your lot better. team. So I missed the go-ahead touchdown. I was yeah. I was trying to get some work done, at some some things to do uh, last night, and then I pull up Twitter and it was like, get to your TV right now. And I did it, and I got to see the Hail Mary. That's crazy. Absolutely. And, and you felt like when you finally got to your TV that you had missed it, right? You had missed the craziness of the end of the ball yeah. game, only to find a little bit more craziness to uh, to be had. That was uh, Tim Brando and Spencer Tillman on the call. Jeff in Pontotoc says Richard has a pretty good echo I think going. I fixed it. Uh, I, I forget. Okay. So a little inside baseball here, Jeff. When Richard uh, is, is on the road, he's obviously using a different device, and he connects on the video stream. And when he's on the road, the video stream also pulls audio. And so they both ah. get sent at the same time. And, and I forgot to turn the, your, your video stream audio off to start the show. We should be good to go now. All right. Thankfully, we uh, hopefully we're good. Uh, is this pre-recorded? Richard's here on a Friday. Uh, it is not pre-recorded. We are live and in the flesh. I've been kind of hit or miss on Fridays. I've made it for. You'd be at another one if not for bad for travel plans. Yeah, yeah, and that was a um, that was a, like the, the car error. segment, right? I was I was driving through Western New York. Yeah. That was uh, that was fun. The gas station. We there. are glad to be with you. Yeah, they had the super nice gas stations yeah. on the interstate. Those were awesome. Um, college football was better than the NFL last night. Nineteen to eight was the final. Chiefs over the Broncos, and it was just kind of a gross football game. It was like it was like the Chiefs jumped out to the early lead, and then they just decided to play with their food for the rest of the ball game. So uh, they got the win. They've just got one loss on the season. The Broncos are a hot 
mess under Sean Payton. we got college football coming your way tonight. We'll tell you about it when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios on a football Friday. Just a little lighter football Friday than normal. Just a few friends Just a few Talk Mississippi. Here we, here we go, go. Super Talk Mississippi. Sun is hot and that old clock is moving slow, and so am I. Workday passes like molasses in wintertime, but it's July. Getting paid by the hour and older by the minute. Got to spend some time with uh, what I think might be the most interesting man in college football today, uh, Biff Pogey, the head coach at the University of Charlotte. Uh, if if you're trying to – UNC Charlotte is what they were known as forever. Now they've just branded themselves as Charlotte, as you know, everybody move. wants an identity. Yeah. Charlotte 49ers. Yeah. I like that. I mean, much There's... better than UNCC, you know, just Charlotte. I agree. Uh, I, I agree. Their stadium, Borky, is perfect for what they are right now. So it only seats about uh, about fifteen thousand, but it is it, it's a horseshoe. But it feels like a full bowl because in the end, where it, the open end of the horseshoe, they've got a building there. Like that's their football operations building and locker room and and all of that good stuff. Jerry Richardson Stadium. In uh, in Charlottesville, and so uh, we talked about a ton of stuff with uh, with Biff Pogey, and if you don't know the story about him at all, so he had kind of a, a rough upbringing in Baltimore, and completely his own fault. Said hey, I grew up in a middle class family, and just got into all kinds of trouble. Uh, he was headed into eleventh grade and was at his eighth different school. Just a lot of really poor decisions that he made and uh, some insecurity and some anxiety and whatever else. But but kind of made it right, ended up in a, a good spot, had some people that, that really looked out for him, went on to play college football, a very successful hedge fund manager, a multi, multi, multi-millionaire, and then he got back into coaching, first at the high school level at uh, at. at Gilman, which is the high school where he graduated, which is kind of a, a high-end, upper-crust private school in the Baltimore area. And then he left and he went to St. Francis Academy, which was kind of the opposite end of the spectrum. A lot of uh, uh, kids from troubled backgrounds that he basically funded scholarships for and funded the football program and paid the assistance, and they turned into a power. Big, big friends with the Harbaugh family. And Jim Harbaugh, the head coach at Michigan, brought Biff Pogey to Michigan on two different occasions and kind of credits him with the turnaround of their offense over uh, over the last couple of years. And uh, now he's the head coach at Charlotte. And uh, if you still have no idea who I'm talking about, he's the big guy that has the sleeves cut out on his T-shirt and, like, a cut in the neck of his – like, it's a crew neck T-shirt that's turned into a V-neck because he took scissors to the collar. And that's how he rolls. Like that—that's his look. 
Uh, really interesting. So Borky, we're, we're finishing up. He's getting up to go to a team meeting. I said, hey, one last question for you. Hey, he goes, what you got? I said, what's your favorite cigar? Because he had walked into the room with a cigar in his hand. Not smoking it, but one that was not yet lit, you know, <laughs> planning for later. He goes, best question you've asked all day. Um, and he talked about a, oh, what was it, a double Monterey Cubano. I, I think I wrote down specifically what it was. He's like, you want a cigar? I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. And and so if you're watching on the... Uh, um, Super Talk TV. There you go. Gift from uh, Biff Pogey at the end of our uh, meetings today. Yeah. Um, That's you cool. know, this, this look. This may be more than anybody wants to know, but the the truth of the matter is, the the games that I do, I, I'm thankful for the fact that I've got a football game every week. It's the first time that that's happened to me, kind of from a career standpoint. But they're American Conference games, and, and so it's not the SEC, it's not the ACC, it's not the Big Ten. Not knocking it, it's still good football. For the first four or five weeks of the season, the games are bad because the games that are streamed on ESPN Plus are generally, I mean, it's, it's no different than the games that are on the SEC Network Plus. It's a, an FCS team or a SWAC team or a MEAC team, and it's just not a lot of good football. But once you get to conference play, it's pretty good. But even so, the storylines aren't always there. Like sometimes you're really trying to manufacture it. When you have the Naval Academy and a Charlotte football program that is 10 years old. That's it. They started playing 10 years ago in 2013. And 10 years later, they're part of the American Conference, and they've got an incredibly interesting coach, 70 players, new players on the roster this year, including one name that you'll recognize, uh, Demon Clowney, who was at Ole Miss, and we all thought it was Demon Clowney, but he says... He himself says it's Demon Clowney. So the former defensive end at Ole Miss is now at Charlotte, and they brought in guys from uh, all over the place. So pretty cool storylines for uh, for Charlotte and Navy tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, don't uh, if you're an Ole Miss fan listening to this, don't you wish that uh, years ago your administration had this kind of foresight? So the stadium you're talking about, the way they built it, I don't know why stuff like this is so interesting to me. They, they built it down kind of like into a hole, and – there's no concourse like underneath the stands. You have to walk up to the top of the stands, not very tall, uh, and everything is flat around the horseshoe, and all the concessions and all that is up on top uh, of, of the stadium, which is really on flat ground. They did that with the anticipation of expansion one day. So if they want to do a stadium yeah. expansion, they just build right on top. Like there, there's, no, there's nothing in the way for them to add to their stadium if they want to because they built it initially with expansion in mind whenever that day comes, if it's 10 years, 20, 30, whatever, they have the infrastructure in place to go ahead and just do it. And they don't have to demolish a single thing to expand their stadium up. And, and they've already done one expansion. So originally it just had the two sides, and, and they've since bowled the opposite end. It, it seats 15,000. 15,314 is the capacity uh, for that stadium. And frankly, there are a lot of programs that are kind of at the American Conference, Conference USA, Sunbelt Conference level that that's the perfect size stadium for. And then if you, as Borky was saying, you need to do something later, you can't. And here's the thing, Borky. Now that they've kind of built it away from the field down low, and now they can go just kind of straight up if they want to and kind of create that you know noise stays in 
effect if uh, if they ever get to that point. Yeah, we got so, asked on the text um, line by the way about uh, aren't there uh, size requirements uh, for stadiums to be uh, in Division One? No, but some conferences do. It just weird anecdotes on a Friday because why not? Our teams don't play tomorrow anyway. Um, the Sun Belt actually has a stadium size requirement. And when they wanted to admit Coastal Carolina, Coastal had to, to like rush through a stadium expansion to meet a capacity requirement to join the league. So so they they built they just built up stands that they didn't have demand for to meet the requirement to join the Sun Belt. So there you go. Yeah. And they've got the uh the, the teal turf down Was there it- too. What wasn't that a thing a few years ago though? It, 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 you you said it was specific conferences. I was thinking that like to stay at the FBS level, you oh, had to have some maybe, maybe attendance. So. Well, but I, I feel like maybe that's just gone away. I don't know. What I anyway. don't like is speaking of the Sun Belt is the fact that James Madison again can't participate in the postseason because they're moving from be- FCS to FBS, and there's a two-year transition period. Make that make sense. Is this not... What's the rationale? <sighs> I don't know. Because the, the, the players get punished. They're having a great season. It's a great program. They had a, they had a season that was worthy of postseason last year, and they didn't get to participate. And it's happening again. They're probably going to win the Sun Belt. They're really good. And the 18- to 22-year-olds that only have four years of eligibility in college get two of them... Not taken away, but they can't have any goals beyond the 12 games that they play. Win a conference championship. Can't do it. Not allowed to. Go to a good bowl game. Can't do it. Not allowed to. What's the rationale behind it? It makes no sense to me whatsoever that they are blocked from postseason play. They didn't do anything wrong. For some reason, I was thinking I was thinking this year they were eligible. Are they not? Nope. This is the second year of the transition? Year two. Hmm. Well, that's a shame because it feels like they should be eligible for the uh, for the postseason. So 2022 and 2023 were the first two years they they joined the Sun Belt Conference, and so um, not eligible. Are are they el? I think you're right. I, no, I, I just am. was they, trying they were, to. They were eight and three last year. Couldn't play in a bowl game. They're mm-hmm. undefeated right now. Right. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah, that's a shame, but uh, I guess those are the rules that are uh, are in place. Somebody says uh, NCAA logic would be so that a an FCS team can't join and instantly win the national championship. Yeah, I, I mean, okay. what what are you restricting here? Yeah, did Idaho when they um, went down a level? Did they have to sit out of the playoffs for two years? I mean, maybe so, but it just doesn't make any sense. Somebody said, isn't Biff Pogey the coach that got mad at media members at their media day for only asking two questions? Yep, it's exactly the one. And it wasn't so much that he was really mad. He was ready to use that as motivation for uh, for his football team. Sports Talk Mississippi, we're back with you. Will East will join us next. We'll talk high school football in the Magnolia State. You never drink alone down there. Good God, I feel at home. Sports Talk Mississippi. Hey, let's go time. Sports Talk Mississippi. Well, 
Say something. Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi is your home for the best and most complete coverage of high school football in the Magnolia State. When we get finished tonight at 6 o'clock, you can hear the scoreboard preview show hosted by Will East to get you ready for high school football matchups all across the state. And then when it's all done tonight, we'll wrap it up from 10 until 11.30. The award-winning Mississippi Farm Bureau Insurance Company's scoreboard show. What award. Hosted by the entire day. Don't ask what award again, okay? <laughs> I just I haven't seen uh, no trophies around here. They're in the trophy here. case. Yes, they are. They're in the trophy case. You just didn't look in the, uh, in the right place. Uh, but, no, callers, uh, play-by-play guys, some coaches, some fans from all over the state calling in to uh, keep you up to date with scores and what happened on the gridiron. Will, it's October 13th, so we are middle October, and the playoff races are starting to kind of heat up, starting to kind of yeah. take shape just a little bit. And let's start with a with a 6A matchup tonight, Brandon. 7A, and that's now 7A. 7A. Yeah. I know. I know. But you know what? I was sitting there saying that in my head, and as it was coming out, I was saying, I know that's not right. I was thinking, 7A starts next year. No, it's right now. 7A, Brandon at Oak Grove. Yeah, this is a monster game. This is by far the biggest game of the week and one of the biggest games of the year because these two teams – they're so consistent. They're so good. You know, Brandon has been in a state championship game the past two years. Oak Grove went to a state championship game three years in a row just a few years back. They won one of those. Uh, so they've been two of the most consistent teams, especially in the south part of the state. Uh, they were 6A before this. Now they're both 7A schools. Oak Grove is the number one team in the state right now. They're undefeated. Um, but that doesn't mean they're not vulnerable. Uh, they have played a lot of close games this year. They played two overtime games. And last week they had a very close game against Meridian at Meridian, which was very surprising. Now, they got up big yeah. in that game, and then Meridian battled back. They, they've got, I would say, probably the most talented roster in the state. They have Division One commits up and down the, the roster for Oak Grove. But Brandon is surging right now. You know, they started 0-2. And they they just really struggled out of the gate. They got beat by like forty to twenty by Madison Central in the second game of the season. And then since then, they've kind of collected themselves, and they've seemed to get better and better each week. Last week, they scored fifty four points on pedal, and they're coming into this game red hot. And this game has been so much fun the past couple of years. The past five seasons, this game has been decided by one score. Um, and wow. because of the way the schedule is now. When we added that 7th A classification, what happened was it took away a couple teams here and a couple teams there. So regions are smaller now, which means the games are more critical, which means you don't have you know three or four games on down the road that you can uh, make up. They've got three games left after tonight in the regular season. That's it. Some teams in 7A played their games last night. Like Tupelo has two games left in the regular season. Their regular season is almost over with. You can't afford a loss here and there. You have to win as many of these games as you can, and 
I think this one is going to be just a monster matchup. Uh, Nate Blunt, the running back for Brandon, is so good this year. He's got 800 uh, yards rushing. I believe he has 12 touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. And then Oak Grove is just – they're loaded with talent. And they have a player who's part of the all-name team, uh, Kyron Champagne. So he doesn't have the cool first name. He's got the cool last name. His last name is Champagne. <laughs> and he has, you know, 12 touchdowns on the year, something like that. Uh, so incredibly good uh, rosters for both of these teams. And I think they'll be playing deep into uh, deep into the playoffs, and they'll probably meet up again uh, later on this year. And, and so what you were saying makes sense about the critical nature of these games. But the other side of that is with – the smaller number of teams, you're going to have a higher percentage from each yes. region that makes it to the playoffs. I mean, in, in a couple of these regions, you'll have four or five teams or four out of six teams, I guess, that, that make the playoffs, right? So four teams from each region make the playoffs, um, mm-hmm. which means, yes, there are going to be some teams that have some ugly records that make the playoffs. By that same token, there's going to be some teams who have some really good records going into the regional play who are going to screw up and lose a game here and there, and they're going to be out. Or they're going to – here's the other thing is they're going to get a bad draw. They're going to be facing a much tougher opponent in that opening round when you want to get that easy opponent uh, in the first round. So, yeah, there's some pros and cons to it. So seeding really matters. Seeding really does matter because on the first game – uh, if you're one of the lower seeds, a three or a four seed, you're going on the road and you're playing a much tougher opponent. Whereas if you're a one seed or a two seed, you're at home, you're playing a much more manageable opponent. Um, and so, you know, at least get that one win, and then from there, it's right. you know, it's how hot are you? You know, injuries, all that kind of stuff takes over. But uh, you want to get that first W in the the playoffs. So, I I, I like the new seven A. I think it's I know one consequence of it so far, just looking at all these records and everything, is there's a lot of parity out there. It's it's a lot like the SEC right now where, you know, you have a dominant team, but that dominant team has some issues. That's what I'm seeing in yeah. high school football right now. Yeah, there's some dominant teams, but a lot of these teams are beatable or have lost. I mean, usually this time of year, we still have, you know, probably 10 or so undefeated teams. Right now, it's Oak Grove is undefeated, West Jones is undefeated, Louisville is undefeated. Hartfield and the the private school ranks is undefeated, and I don't off the top of my head I don't know if there's another one. Maybe is Macomb still undefeated? Uh, Holmes County. I mean, there's not a lot of them. As at this sure. point in the season, we usually have a ton of them. And West Jones, you mentioned, is isn't one of their wins like a super low scoring win from so, from a week or so ago? So you remember how Babe Ruth famously called his shot when he hit the home run? Uh, I've never allegedly, seen, yeah, allegedly. I've never seen this before, but last week, uh, Lunch Meat Lindsay called his shot. He called a safety before it happened. Terry had the ball at the one-yard line, and he motioned to the crowd, safety. And the oh, next wow. play, boom, hits the ball carrier, safety. Two points, and that's the only points in the game for, for uh, West Jones as they beat Terry 2 to nothing last week, Thursday game last week. Get, got the old two nil win. <laughs> called, uh, he you called like, it. Yes, that, that's pretty awesome. I mean, that's really really cool. I mean, that, that's not that, that's not a, a a quarterback, you know, pointing deep like he's going to throw a deep ball and converting on it, or a wide receiver. <laughs> Safety's kind of rare. It's but, very uh, rare. That's good stuff. And it was the only points in the game. 
You like rivalries? How about Vicksburg at Warren Central? Yes. This, so if you look at the history books, this is not much of a rivalry, right? Uh, Vicksburg has won. I think the last time they beat Warren Central was 2011. And over the, mm-hmm. they've been playing this game since the early 80s, and I think Vicksburg's only won eight times during that span. Not a whole lot of success for Vicksburg. But it's now a regional game, and Vicksburg's back is kind of against the wall. They lost last week by one point to Neshoba Central. And if they lose tonight, uh, they're not going to be hosting a playoff game. They, they'll probably still make the playoffs, but they're not, definitely not going to be hosting a playoff game, and they certainly won't be the regional champ. So... There's a lot on the line tonight as they take on Warren Central at Warren Central. Warren Central has been one of the sneaky good teams this year. They're a 6A team now. They're no longer in the largest classification. They're now a 6A team. And they're part of 6A, I believe 6A North. And I think that they are the team to beat in 6A North right now. Uh, you look in the south part, it's West Jones, it's Picayune, who are the, the 6A schools. I think Warren Central certainly has a, a great opportunity to make a deep playoff run, but they got to win tonight. They need to win tonight uh, to stay undefeated in the region. Uh, I believe it's Region Two of Six A. So, very interesting stuff there. Some of the other games tonight. Uh, I don't know if you guys heard, but we have Bogachita and Lloyd Star. Uh, that is yes. That's the Possum Bowl. Uh, there's a story behind the Possum Bowl, and I. It involves a prank involving the coaches. I don't remember the entire story, but it involved dead possums, so that's always fun. Uh, I'm, hey, I'm not I joking. I note about that game. We, we got this on the C Spire text line. Uh, this will be the first game on the brand-new, almost $4 million Lloyd Star Sports Complex. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Are, what are that? Lloyd Star, are they the Hornets? The Hornets. That's a cool logo. They've got like Lloyd Star. You may be able to see it there on the text line as well. Uh, kind of light it up in in the big uh, block letters on the building with the Hornet logo yeah. between uh, the two of them. That is nice. So uh, so very cool. So congratulations on opening that up uh, this evening as well. We got a couple of other games that uh, we need to talk about, and we'll do that when we uh, continue in just a couple of minutes. Reminder: You've got the high school football preview show immediately after Sports Talk Mississippi. That comes your way tonight at six, and uh, then tonight from ten until eleven thirty, the Mississippi Farm Bureau Scoreboard Show. Will and the whole gang will be in the house to get you one step closer to the start of the high school football playoffs right here. In the state of Mississippi, scores from all over the state, from the Gulf Coast to the Tennessee line, Pine Belt to the Jackson metro area, the Delta, and all points in between. What a night we've got. Looks like weather's going to cooperate for the most part tonight, isn't it? Yeah, it'll be good. Very good. Very good. More coming up. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Will Will East is not actually a guest But all guests on Sports Talk Mississippi appear on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. We're back with more after this. It's time for more Sports Talk Mississippi. Finally. Finally. On Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm.
ESPN, Sports Talk at Missis, uh, Sports Talk Mississippi. We are and Sports the Pearl, Talk at Mississippi as well, if you we, want us to be. We, we are. Pearl River Resort Studio. Good to be with you. Good to have Will East aboard to talk high school football as he does every Friday afternoon. Uh, MAIS, uh, Will Hartfield at did, – did Will leave? We no, still I'm, got I'm here. Oh, okay. no, I I, no. So I I adjusted the – out of habit, I adjusted the, the stream – to put okay. it back to the regular picture, and yeah. Four about Hartfield and Jackson Prep? <sighs> I mean, Hartfield last week, 63-56 to 56 over MRA. <laughs> wow. Uh, there was a kid, uh, his name escapes me, Braylon, I can't remember his last name. He had two kickoff returns for touchdowns. He had two touchdowns receiving, and he had an interception on defense for Hartfield. Um I can't remember his name. Uh, and then on for Jackson Prep this year, they've got a very good defense. So this will probably be one of the best defenses that Hartfield is going to face this year. Um, so Hartfield's undefeated, nine and zero. Jackson Prep seven and one. That one loss was to West Jones um, a couple of weeks ago. This is a, a big, big matchup. And on down the road, we have another big Braylon one. Womack. Braylon Womack. That's it. And then on the other down the road, we have uh, Jackson Academy taking on MRA, and Jackson Academy is going to have to figure out a way to slow down John White and crew from scoring points. They have not scored under forty points in a game this season. Remember, they played Oak Grove at Oak Grove, the undefeated seven A team, and took them to overtime. And then last week, that high scoring affair against um, against Hartfield. Like I said, it was 63 to 56, something like that. It wasn't all wasn't the offense's fault that they didn't win that game. It was because they couldn't stop Hartfield from scoring. But uh, some exciting games in the MAIS. Uh, we also have some exciting games in some of the smaller ranks. Winona, who has been really the story of the season as far as 3A football is concerned, undefeated right now. They have several Mississippi State commits, including one of the all-name team members, Fat Clark. That's what he calls himself. I didn't say it. Fat Clark, Fred Clark, uh, who, was, who was committed to Ole Miss, now he's committed to Mississippi State, linebacker. Really, really good. They also have an offensive lineman that's committed to Mississippi State. They're going to be hosting Humphreys County tonight, who's, I believe, 6-1, and one, something like that. Uh, but Winona is off to an incredible start this season. Uh, and they are they are tough to stop. I don't see anybody really stopping them. I, th- I think they'll take care of business tonight against Humphreys County. Uh, and just dominate on their way through. Three uh, A is always very difficult to pick. You know, you got Jefferson Davis County and a couple other teams there, but I think Wyoming is red hot right now. So we had somebody mention on the uh, the ceasefire text line just a, a few minutes ago that that Tupelo game last night that, that Tupelo kind of made a commitment to running the football yeah. and just dominated. They beat Germantown forty-two to three, and Germantown oh. last week had beaten Starkville. Uh, by a point or so. Tupelo lost two games in a row. They lost that game to a Tennessee team on a last-second touchdown pass, and then they lost to West Point at homecoming a few weeks ago. It was a close game. Um, But, yeah, they have decided to run the ball a little bit more. They've been throwing the ball a lot all year long. They have a a multi-year starter there at quarterback. And this is the year for Tupelo if they're going to do something. They have so many seniors on that team, and the North is open right now for 7A. Uh, Madison Central is struggling a little bit. Uh, Startville is certainly struggling. They have two losses now. Um, 
and they're going to have to play uh, Tupelo at the end of the the regular season. So Tupelo's time is now. They they've got to hit their stride as we get, and they only have two games left in the regular season. They got to hit their stride now as the playoffs uh, start eking into the calendar a little bit. And here's the other thing: is uh, I think that the South is so strong in seven A right now. I think it's open for the taking for Tupelo. Tupelo's had these seasons the past couple of years where they'd go undefeated in the regular season and then lose in the first or second round of the playoffs. Uh, maybe having these losses kind of help them in some weird way. Sometimes that does that to a high school team. You face a little adversity, and then all of a sudden you get things together and you go on and win a state championship. It's what happened to Starkville last year. Remember, they lost two in a row, and then boom, next thing you know, they're in the state championship game. Yeah, it was uh, it was two losses by a combined six points. They lost thirty eight thirty three to Houston, and then lost twenty one twenty to uh, West Point. And then they bounced back with a two point win over Madison Central yeah. before finally getting some breathing room in that win last night over Germantown to go to six and two. Games remaining on the road against Clinton, and then they will finish at, out at home against Starkville. So a big night of high school football happening all over the uh, the Magnolia State. These Fridays are precious. We uh, we only get uh, about three months' worth of them every year. And uh, so we will continue to work our way toward the, uh, the state championship games. And uh, we'll have seven state champions this year. It's crazy. It's crazy, man. Wild. Thank you, my friend. Yes, Always sir. good stuff. Don't forget, you can uh, join Will right after Sports Talk Mississippi for the scoreboard preview show. And then tonight from 10 until 1130, it's the Mississippi Farm Bureau Insurance Company's high school football scoreboard show. The best coverage of high school football anywhere in the Magnolia State. That starts at 10 o'clock right tonight, uh, tonight, and you can get it anywhere you get this show. So streaming online at Super Talk TV. And, uh, of course, on your Super Talk Mississippi stations. Thanks, Will. Will joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. We're back with more right after this. Sports Talk Mississippi, 4 o'clock hour, coming up next. This is a place for crazy people. If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. hour with you sports talk mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk tv thanks for being with us as we roll through until six o'clock tonight alongside michael borky i'm richard cross we're coming to you from the pearl river resort studios pearl river resort great dining options whether you're looking at philip m or uh, philip m steakhouse or mama m or uh the food options that they've got in the uh the sports book, plenty for you to dine on at Pearl River Resort. You can see the full list of restaurant options and entertainment options on their website, pearlriverresort.com. Uh, we started the show talking about games from last night. We had the uh, the wild finish in the West Virginia-Houston game. Had SMU beating East Carolina. In the NFL, you had the Chiefs over the Broncos. 
you got pretty good football on this Friday night as well. We just spent uh, quite a bit of time talking with Will East about high school football, but you got some college football as well. Ceasefire text line is open to you, 601 879 4395. Ceasefire is customer inspired. Learn more at ceasefire.com. I don't mean to Borky. be insulting. Okay. But a lot of the discourse around the Braves losing is just as soft as the team has been. And I like Braves fans, and I, and I like the Mississippi Braves. I, 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 I have no ill will towards the Braves or Braves fans. I know a lot of Braves fans. I, I like them. The team is fun and interesting and all that. But, oh, we lost. The format has to change. The format's unfair. We got to change the format because we lost, and it's not fair that we had a few days rest, and they didn't. It's exhausting, and it's soft. The team displayed their softness with the, it was never meant to get out of the locker room. We're not going to talk to the media anymore. And then you have the dugout turning around and yelling at Phillies fans last night. That's a great look. And now it's... We've got to change the format of the postseason because our team lost. It's so soft. I, I, I agree. Phillies beat the Braves three to one. Um, I would argue that maybe Atlanta should have taken the final two three weeks of the regular season a little more seriously. I understand resting your guys and it's a long season, but the season is going to end soon enough. And so, to me, that's a pretty tight rope that you're walking between let's get our guys some rest and let's make sure that we continue to play our best baseball. Because the, Brave, the, the, the Braves clinched a playoff spot with, like, I don't know the exact number, but, like, 20 games left in the regular season. It's like three and a half, four weeks left. I think they were the first team in all of baseball to clinch a playoff spot. And then they took their foot off the accelerator. And they just didn't play very well down the stretch. And then, man, the Phillies had some dogs. I mean, Bryce Harper is, he's a dude. He, he is a scrapper. He's competitive. He's the leader on that team. And the rest of the guys on the Philly squad kind of follow where he leads them. But it's not just Bryce Harper. Castellanos. Um, yeah. With a deep drive left. <laughs> deep fly ball to left yeah. field. <laughs> Look, I mean, Castellanos went multi-home runs in back-to-back games. He had never done that before in his career. Yeah, and one of the home runs he hit last night was a, uh, I mean, a hung slider at his belt, man. I mean, I mean, the the format is not why you threw that pitch, and, and we've already gotten the messages. Here they are: the four best teams are out of the playoffs. The format is bad. Did anybody say that when the Giants beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl? A wild card Giants team, a 500 Giants team beat the greatest regular season NFL team of all time. Did anybody cry about format then? When St. Peter's made their run in, in the NCAA tournament, did anybody cry about format then? And, and here's the numbers for you. So, yes, the bye teams went 1-3 and, 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 and this oh, year. And, oh, by the way, oh, by the way, if the Braves had not clinched with a month to play, if it had been a fighting to the finish and had gotten into the postseason and then had won 
let's say they won two out of three in a wild card and then won the division round, would anybody be complaining about the format then? Of course course not. And before this year, there were 35 games in the Major League Baseball postseason where one team had four more days rest than their opponent. And they went 24-11 and in those games. So this idea that anecdotal evidence in the sport of baseball, the most random and arbitrary sport that there is, 24-11 and is enough data to show you that, no, the Dodgers blew it, and the Dodgers had bullpen issues, all that. And so did the Braves had to do a bullpen day at this point in the series after a few days rest. That's a you problem. But there's enough evidence to suggest that it is not at all a hindrance. Your team just lost. Somebody forgot to tell the Astros, I guess, that the days off meant you're supposed to play bad. Because they seem to navigate it really well. Just don't cry about the format when your team loses. Be mad at your team for losing. Or roster management. Or lineups. Or the best offense in baseball disappearing. I promise you they didn't disappear because they had four days rest. And especially when, again... Before this year, 35 games where a team had four or more days of rest than their opponent in the Major League Baseball playoffs, and they are 24-11 and 11 in those games. Maybe, just maybe, the team lost. That happens. Did anybody cry about format when Ole Miss won the national championship in baseball? They were the last team in. Well, I mean, there were some non-Ole Miss fans that did. <laughs> yeah, of course. But your point, uh, probably, your point remains. Probably up in Fayetteville. It's just, man, I, Look, I, I can't stand the crying about the format. Win the game. But, Borky, the problem is the Braves didn't play well. They, they were a historically good offensive team, and they did not swing the bats well. Jeff on the ceasefire text line says, I'm a Braves fan, but the format hasn't affected the Houston Astros. Exactly right. Uh, they just started this format last year. Yeah, and it worked just fine. Uh, Brandon in Cleveland says, man, no one hit the ball for the Braves except the Mississippi boy, Austin Riley. That's why they lost. Yeah. Uh, here's rookie. The Braves blew it. And as a Braves fan, seeing Garcia clap back at fans was embarrassing. He should have owned what he said in the locker room and moved on. Phillies wanted it more, and the Braves took the series win for granted. Dwight says the Braves' bullpen was pretty good, though. Yeah, it was. They gave up three runs in a series-clinching game for Philadelphia and still lost because they could only score one. Yeah, and it's just uh, one Indiana moment. It's says, just one it's not format. Braves peak. Do what? Sorry, the delay got to us there. Uh, it, it's just one moment, and it's just one player, but seeing a player in the dugout, in an elimination game, turning around and yelling and carrying on at fans is a a microcosm of a soft team. Mentally weak. If fans are getting to you like that, you're soft. That's that's soft, especially after crying about the media reporting what it said in the locker room. I'm not going to... Um, argue with that being your opinion. I don't necessarily think that I see that as a sign of softness. I mean, I've watched Bryce Harper bark at fans a lot in his career. It 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 just happens. But the play on the field is what stood out for me. You you want to talk about soft? Go score runs. 
You're the best offensive team in baseball. And look, the Braves had they had opportunities last night. They had the bases loaded with Ronald Lacuna at the plate in the seventh inning. Great play by the outfielder to run that ball down in the gap. They had first and third with how many out in the ninth, top of the ninth last night? You have to go get a clutch hit. It's playoff baseball. And what did the Phillies get? Well, two nights ago, or two games ago, they got clutch hits from Bryce Harper. Last night, they got clutch hits from Nick's, Nick Castellanos. I, I, I don't know that I'm necessarily indicting the entire team as soft. I don't like some of their antics. I don't like some of their decisions here as they got to the postseason. But that was a really, really good baseball team that picked the worst time of the year to play maybe its worst baseball, at least offensively. Ben on the uh, C Spire text line says, they played like crap. Braves got their butt kicked. Deserved to be sent home with that horrible play. Great regular season, postseason choke job. Um... So yeah, I feel like everybody's kind of kind of in agreement. CC and Cenotopia says Austin ain't complaining. He's probably already in the woods scouting some deer. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. Uh somebody says that we just lost a listener. Just as soft as wait, your wait, team. Wait, hold on a second. Hold on a second. We just lost a listener because you're a Braves fan and we said that the Braves played like crap in the playoffs. With a team that was good enough to win the World Series? Well, okay. Thanks. We'll be back. Talk Mississippi. Your all-access pass to all things sports in Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at supertalk.fm. in Woodville, Mississippi is an hour early, but I will allow it with pictures like that, Barrett. Holy cow. An early submission for Food Friday. He has got a kettle of jambalaya that will not quit. Eight pounds of jambalaya for Centerville Academy Homecoming versus Cathedral. He says, go Tigers on Friday and hotty toddy on Saturday. Polk's Cajun Sausage is the star of the show. Borky, he sends us a picture. He's got a big Yeti cooler, and it's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. I think that's 14 packages of Polk's Cajun smoked sausage. Pre, and then, oh, and then he, he just sauteed it all. In the big pot, and then added the rice. I mean, this is one of those that you might have a spoon big enough, but probably you just go with the small boat or to stir it. Nah, it may not be that big. He's got a big, big spoon or small paddle, though. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, 
Yeah. All right, Sports Talk Mississippi with you. You can be a part of the conversation on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Great to be with you this afternoon. We've got football, college football, tonight. And we've actually got three pretty good games. A pair of 4-1 and one teams, Tulane and Memphis, in an American Conference matchup tonight at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium in Memphis. Tulane is a five-point favorite in this game. This one could be a lot of fun. 7 o'clock Eastern, let's say 6 o'clock Central time kickoff. So right after the show ends, that one will be kicking off Tulane and Memphis tonight in the Bluff City. 8 o'clock CBS Sports Network, 5-1 and one Fresno State at 3-3 three and three Utah State, where it is currently 58 degrees. Whew. And then a um, little, little late night in Boulder. Where, where I sit We're here to see in Travis Boulder, Hunter tonight. It, it, He's going to play tonight. So, Oh, is he? Reporting is that. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's fantastic. Uh, so where I sit in the stupid Eastern time zone, we got a 10 o'clock kickoff tonight for Stanford and Colorado. Sold out Folsom Field. Cheapest get-in-the-door ticket price is $100. And the Buffaloes are a 12-and-a-half point favorite in that game tonight. It's not a bad Friday night slate of football. It's really not. I mean, and there's a chance if you look at Tulane's schedule, by the way, that uh, they win tonight, they're winning 11 games again. It's possible. I mean, it looks like the path for them is that of a favorable one. So uh, a little appetizer before you get to see Coach Prime. I, I think Colorado's going to roll tonight, though. Uh, Stanford's particularly bad. I don't know if you knew this earlier in the season, by the way, that Stanford's coach they hired from, was it Sacramento State or Portland State? Either one. Doesn't matter. An FCS school. And they lost to his previous employer this year. Who? It's not a great look. That's, that's, uh, that's tough. But, yeah, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to it. I'll watch tonight, uh, no doubt. I, I'll be watching Coach Prime. Hey, let's play the uh, the ticket price game. All right, these are your SEC matchups this weekend. Georgia at Vanderbilt. Arkansas at Alabama. A&M at Tennessee. Florida at South Carolina. Auburn at LSU. Missouri at Kentucky. What is the least expensive ticket to get in the door this weekend for those SEC matchups? What's your guess? Cheapest? Cheapest. Least expensive. Ooh, Alabama, Arkansas. Going wild. You've card. already looked, haven't you? No, I You've no. already looked. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No. Ah, you cheated. No, I didn't. I you cheated, I you bummed. Nobody would have guessed that in their right mind. Um, I would have because I that's something that like interests me. So $13 will get you in Bryant-Denny Stadium for Arkansas and Alabama tomorrow for an 11 a.m. Central Time kickoff. $13. Uh that Most makes expensive? sense, though. I mean, it's a really bad Arkansas team, and, and the mega stadiums just aren't going to – they're not in high demand anymore, even for a place yeah. like Alabama. Yep. 
And they'll probably announce 101,000 when it's all said and done, but it'll be far from that. That'll be a good crowd. I mean, it'll be 85,000, 90,000 there. But it's hard to believe. Somebody actually sent us a message on the ceasefire text line earlier that said that they had uh, passed an Arkansas vehicle with flags on it that was headed east and said, man, that is a long way to drive for that game. And they're right. Now, I mean, look, maybe they were from Tupelo. But if if you left northwest Arkansas driving all the way to Tuscaloosa, that's, uh, that's a tough one. Yeah, bless you on that one, man. Whoever you are, Arkansas owes you. All right, so most expensive ticket this weekend. Most expensive, uh, A&M, Tennessee. That is correct. $145 is the get-in-the-door price for Texas A&M, Tennessee. 2.30 kickoff on CBS. The rest of the league, Georgia Bandy. Vol fans really mad today. Gary Danielson, I guess he huh. was on. I guess he was on with Feinbaum. I don't know where he said this, but uh, he was asked about the atmosphere and was like, "Yeah, you know, Neyland's just like most every other SEC stadium. Oh, they're hot. How dare you say that Neyland is not the most intimidating environment on earth?" And I mean, credit to Barrett Salee because he was the one that I saw comment on this. He was like, saying that it's like another SEC stadium is a compliment. They're all mostly, really, really loud. I mean, trying to draw comparisons between a night game at Jordan-Hare and a night game in in Knoxville is stupid because they're both just really difficult places to play. Gary wasn't taking the shot. He was saying, like, it's the SEC. There's ten stadiums that, like, get really loud that affect offenses in the league. I mean, come on. You're not any more special than the others. And it's really good. I mean, we've talked about it before, right? Knoxville at night or for a big game in the afternoon when it is packed, it is good and it is loud. I've been to all of them, Borky. A&M's a different kind of loud, but it's big and it's loud. Gainesville, the swamp, is big and it's loud when they're right. Mm -hmm. Tuscaloosa for a big game is big and it is loud. Tiger Stadium, you know the deal, big and loud. Reynolds Razorback Stadium, seats 70,000. And when they're going, it's loud. And I believe Auburn, Georgia, I mean, all of them. And in the last couple of weeks, what have we said about Vaught Hemingway? And in the past, what have we said about Davis Wade? Not the biggest, but loud. Yeah. I mean, Ole Ole Miss's fans affected the outcome of the game for the last two weeks. Mm Mm-hmm. For sure. Cowbells and Mississippi State fans in the past have affected the outcome of the game simply because of the volume. Yeah, that's not a shot. No, not at all. But, oh, they took it as a but shot. Because Tennessee if you fans, they kind of get mad about stuff. They do. But it cracks me up sometimes. If you don't tell us we're special, then you might as well have kicked our dog in front of us. Yeah, and we don't want to do that. Oh, of course not. But that's how they responded to, to poor Gary. Apparently, the student section we, is, is preparing a expletive you, Gary, chant tomorrow. So mm-hmm. that'll that'll be fun to hear on television. Yeah. And we get the message here. The vault against LSU a couple of weeks back. It was loud. What's the stadium seat tonight, Richard? Dwayne, who are we talking about? Talk about where I am? 
If you're talking about where I am in Charlotte, it's it's fifteen thousand. If you're talking about the college games tonight, I mean you know about Memphis, it's about forty five thousand. They'll have about thirty thousand there, give or take. Boulder is sold out, what is it, forty three thousand, forty six thousand, something like that at Folsom Field. Wow, that surprises me. It looks bigger than that. Yeah, fifty. Just over fifty. It does look bigger okay. than that. Yeah. It's not. It's a really cool setting though. Oh yeah, it's a great setting. And and really looks cool at night. And um I don't know what Utah State will have. So so Dwayne, you'll have to be more specific. I'm not sure exactly what you were asking. Maybe maybe we answered your uh, your question there. Uh Dan in Hattiesburg wants to know if you're saying, Borky, that Tennessee fans are soft. Absolutely. Yes. One hundred percent. Okay. It's just come on, what are you crying about? Sports Talk Mississippi, Bruce Marshall from um, BAMSports.net will join us coming up next. We'll get Bruce thought, Bruce's thoughts on some of the games this weekend. This is Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. It's happening in Mississippi sports. You'll hear about it first right here. Sports Talk Mississippi. Again, Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Let's go to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Bruce Marshall joins us. BAMSports.net, that's the website where you can go and you can get all of Bruce's information. You can get his picks. You can subscribe, whatever it is you're looking to do. Bruce, good Friday afternoon. How are you, my friend? Hey, pretty good. Not much going on in Vegas except the Patriots coming to town this weekend, not having scored a touchdown in ten quarters. All the action's down where you're at this weekend, Richard. Yeah, but not in Mississippi. you got the Rebels who've got an open date, and Mississippi State's got an open date, and Southern Miss doesn't play till Tuesday night. But uh, there are some... And there are some fun matchups this weekend. Let's just start out, Bruce, with the biggest matchup of the of the college football weekend. And it does happen on the West Coast in the Pac-12. I mean, you see a game like this, and you, you scratch your head even more about, okay, why, why is the Pac-12 crumbling? Why is it falling apart? And money is the answer. Washington, a three-point favorite at home against Oregon. Both teams undefeated. Both teams off to a 2-0 start in the Pac-12. The scene there will be spectacular. Have you been to a game at Husky Stadium? Yes, I have uh, a few times. It's the about. I thought you were going to ask me about UNLV in Nevada, the real game this weekend. But well, we, um, we can do that. <laughs> yes, Husky Stadium is the greatest say, uh, setting. Well, except for Army, I think is is the best. And yeah. I am partial to Liberty Bowl just because I like the food there. But. Um, you've got those two big cantilevered uh, uh, roofs on each side of the grandstand. It looks like a big alligator, and that's why it's so loud there, because that noise, for an outdoor stadium, I've never seen it so loud, because the noise just bounces off the cantilevered roofs. It's a great setting on the lake. Now, this game, though, um, they, this may be round one. I mean, in some of these leagues, like, I mean, Big 12, we're going to see Oklahoma and Texas again in December. We may see these two again for the Pac-12 title. Um, but in round one here, I think it's advantage Washington. Rich, they went down to Eugene and won last year, and nobody thought they could. 
And I thought that really, by the end of last season, that was the best team in the Pac-12. I think it's the best team this season. Best balanced, um, Penix is, they have a downfield passing game that's like the Miami Dolphins almost. I mean, and Penix really, really uses his receivers well. And I know Bo Nix has done everything they've asked for him at Oregon, Rich, but, you know, on the road, they're not quite the same team they were at home. I know they beat Stanford a couple weeks ago, but it took them a while to get going in that game. And the Texas Tech game last month, they were darn lucky to win. Washington's a lot better than Stanford and better than Texas Tech. I think Washington wins this in 37-30 to 30 is my score forecast. Mm-hmm. And like I said, this is the best team in the Pac-12. I think we'll see that tomorrow. And interestingly enough, that is right on the total that Vegas has set at 67. So uh, that may not be the play one way or the other. But um, uh, Bruce likes Washington 37-30. They struggled a little bit last week, though, didn't they? Uh, Was it against Arizona State where uh, Michael Penix, it was the first game that he had had without a touchdown pass? Uh, the Arizona Wildcats the week before. Arizona, and, okay. Uh, yeah, That's right. and but Arizona's not bad as we saw last uh, last week. Um, they they're little they're kind of scrappy, but Washington was still kind of in a little more control that game than the score looked. Uh, Arizona scored late to cut it to seven. But you're right. Uh, he he could use another big he could use a big stat game here to get him back in the Heisman mix. But uh, uh, the win will help him out a lot too. Bruce, do you have any interest in this game in Boulder tonight with with Stanford and Colorado? A little bit, um, because I am. Last week we went with uh, we made Arizona State a pick against Colorado, and I am wondering um, just that September for the Buffs, Rich, was so high profile. I mean, every week it's either ESPN's there, they're on the news, national TV. I mean, they're not used to that in Boulder. I know this is a new team there this year, but I mean. Emotionally, that team really had to was just up every single week, big game after big game, and I thought there was going to be a little letdown, and 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 come down finding their natural level. They were life and death at Arizona State last week. Um, that might be the case again here tonight. What I think, though, is and, and I'm curious to see Stanford is. I'm not sure as bad as its record indicates. They don't have a lot of offense, though, and they put this total at about 60, which I think is too high because if Stanford can do something here tonight, it'll be to sort of slow the pace down. And Troy Taylor's using two different quarterbacks, um, one to run, Lamson, the transfer for, um, from Syracuse, and then Daniels, who throws a little bit more. But if they can slow the pace down, I don't think this game gets to 60. I'm not sure about the spread. Colorado's 12, 12 and a half, but I'd look under tonight. And uh, it's always colorful to watch Dion games, so I think I'll probably be watching too. No, no reason not to uh, stay up late with that one. All right, let's go from the West Coast to the Midwest, South Bend, Indiana. Southern Cal and Notre Dame, because it's the uh, the Notre Dame year for it to be at home. That means the game is in October in, uh, in South Bend. Notre Dame's a slight favorite here, two-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. They're 5-2 and two on the year. Southern Cal undefeated, but my goodness, just hanging on for dear life in a couple of games as of late. Yeah, last week, boy, I guess this, it was. Yeah, in this schedule, Notre Dame. I mean, week zero they go to Dublin every week, and Ohio State, Duke, and Louisville at tougher games than they thought in a row, and now USC coming. I mean, their season. This is pretty much their last thing they can do this season. Uh, beat USC. If they don't beat USC, then I mean, the season's going to be a disappointment. Whatever they do after this. Um, and they have slowed down. I think the schedules has something to do with it. Uh, Hartman's numbers are not as good. SDMA is not running as well. 
Um, defense broke down last week against Louisville, but we spent, you know, mentioned defense. I don't know. I mean, defense, it's without the, without the D with, with SC. Um, this is the, Rich, we talked about this before. This is the worst tackling team in the country, I think, last year. And I don't think anything's gotten better. I don't care that they brought these guys in from the portal like Barry Alexander and them. I don't think Alex Grinch teaches tackling. I mean, t- I mean schemes and, and recruiting, I think he's good. But fundamentally, this team is horrible. It's, it's My wife watches it. I mean, she's from Spain. And the first thing she said is, El Torreador, El Cordobes. She thinks they look like Matadors playing defense. And <laughs> they do. And, and, and you saw Arizona should have won that game last week. So I think Notre Dame's got a shot. But here's the other one, Rich. They got this total right about 60. They got the total in this game about the same as they do for Stanford and Colorado. I mean, there's no way SC, you talk about an irresistible combination for overs. He's offense scoring about 50 per game with Caleb, but a defense that's horrible. That's why they've been over 13-1 and in the last 14 games. And the one they didn't go over, they had scored 49 points at halftime against Stanford. And Lincoln Riley just took his foot off the gas the second half. Over the total might be the best bet tomorrow in this game. Uh, I think Notre Dame probably wins. Uh, 38-33, my score forecast, but that's going to go over the total in South Bend. Bruce's website, BAM Sports, B-A-M Sports.net, if you want all of his picks, all of his plays on uh, not just Saturdays, but Sundays and college basketball. About to get started as well. Pretty intrigued to see what happens on Rocky Top tomorrow, Bruce, with Texas A&M and Tennessee. This and I've said this several times this week, and you may disagree. This kind of feels like a last stand to me for Texas A&M. Like I'm not sure what they've got left in the tank if they don't win this game tomorrow against the Vols. I think you might be right, Rich. And uh, I would have liked to have been a fly on the wall in the coaches' meetings in College Station this week uh, when Jimbo was talking to Bobby Petrino about how come Max Johnson kept getting sacked last week. Can you imagine that? Uh, Bobby, you told me you could protect Max better than that. You told me you could protect him better than that. You knew Alabama's all come out with everything they got. Well, listen, I think something's <laughs> going to break pretty soon with Jimbo and Bobby. It just looks it's pretty awesome. good. But the problem is, I mean, listen, Max is not that much worse than Wigman. That's not the issue. The issue, he can't move in the pocket. And Tennessee, for what now? Tennessee's schedule hasn't been all that tough, but I've watched them a few times, and they do have this. Uh, Hypo calls it this cheetah package, and they their front seven. They they put it's like a track relay team, and they just really come after the opposing quarterbacks. They lead not only the SEC, they lead the nation in sacks. This looks like a problem to me for Max in this game. And Tennessee, the other, I mean, I know they've been doing a little different. I mean, Joe Milton isn't throwing the ball like Hooker did last year, but they are running well, 231 yeah. yards per game. I know A&M slowed down Alabama running last week, but uh, Joe Milton, he can also run some too, and uh, he's capable. They've had scheduling. They had a week off, A&M off of Bama. Um, I don't like this spot at all for A&M. Tennessee, 30-20. to 20. I think this one probably goes under as well, but uh, three points you know, it doesn't look like uh, that's, that's a good spot there for Tennessee at a short price. Uh, Bruce, last thing. Give me uh, give me a game or two that you really like. We've got a minute left. How about this one? UAB. Now, I if politicians can change their minds, so can I. I was really down on this hire of Trent Dilfer. I thought it was really, really out of left field. But 
I watch UAB. They can play a little bit. And Dilfer knows offense, and he's got, um, you know, Jacob Zeno going full throttle. UTSA, they just got Frank Harris back last week, but it's they had not covered a game until Temple, and they barely got there against Temple last week. So I'm going to take UAB plus about nine, nine and a half tomorrow at the Alamo Dome. And one other one, now that I mentioned it out here, I'm going to give Nevada a shot, actually. Lost 15 straight games, but they're getting about eight and a half tomorrow against UNLV. Fremont Cannon, they haven't played that bad against a pretty tough schedule. they got some covers. Um, Kansas they covered against, covered against Texas State, covered against uh, Fresno. I think Nevada hangs in there. Maybe doesn't win, keeps it close against UNLV. Sounds great. Bruce, thanks so much. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, Richard. Talk Mississippi on the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at supertalk.fm. I pulled into the regular pump, I was feeling quite at ease. I rolled out my window and told the man, get the sense for it, please. Then I jumped my partner with his trusty. All right, so Bruce liked the under in tonight's game between Colorado and Stanford. He liked the over in the Notre Dame-Southern Cal game. Like Tennessee straight up tomorrow, I guess laying three points. So he had uh, Tennessee uh, winning in that one. If you missed any of the conversation with Bruce, you can grab that anytime online at uh, supertalk.fm or, of course, as a, uh, a podcast. Morky gets a, uh, a Saturday completely. If you don't have to do a podcast tomorrow, you don't have to do a game reaction wrap-up show tomorrow night or early Sunday morning, right? No. Yeah. Just a, uh, just a day off. Just a day off. Going to take advantage, uh, have a, a small little uh, B-Day party for the little guy. Okay. Because it's Wednesday of next week. That's why I won't be here. Going to play golf, all that. Trying that out anyway. But, Where are you going to uh, play? Haven't decided yet. Uh, we're just going to go, hopefully somebody will let uh, the two of us on in the morning is the goal. We're going to skip I can't school. imagine that that's an issue on a Wednesday morning in mid-October. I, I can't imagine, but uh, we'll, we'll see. But yeah, we're uh, we're skipping school that day. Don't tell me. Have you anybody. been back to the refuge since we played it I that have? day? A couple yeah, of years ago? love it out there. And uh, they listen to us, which is uh, always nice when uh, when I walk in there. They're like, oh, hey, yeah, listen to the show all the time. So Great guys. I'm yeah. sure they would love to have you and uh, and James for his birthday. That would be, be a lot sure. of fun. He, he's just now starting to Thank kind you. of pick up on what it is besides just hitting a ball. You know, like that there's a purpose behind swinging and hitting. So we'll see if uh, – this can inspire him a little bit more. If nothing else, he'll get to ride on the cart for a couple hours, and he'll love that. So, Not not a bad way to uh, go about the day. He'll be four, right? Four. Yeah, that is... Uh, that oh, is. I, I promise you, as, uh, as dad of 13-year-old and almost 11-year-old and 6-year-old, it goes in a hurry. Uh, and I'm sure many of uh, you that are listening are nodding your heads as you, you drive along on this Friday afternoon as well. Um, I don't know if you can retrain connection. I hate to do this live on the air, but uh, you, you've gone robotic on me. 
Well, there I'll you are. Hang you're back. You're back. Let you you're get back. us to the. You're good. We're we good. Yes, the delay's bigger, oh, but we're okay. good. Okay. We will. Uh, we'll make it work. Uh, we're going to make some picks. We will uh, look at some of the high-profile games of the weekend ourselves for the college football fix to start things off. In the five o'clock hour, we will uh, we will go into a food Friday uh, coming up as well. Also, James Franklin. Did did you hear the audio clip from this week where he really got after a reporter and you know couldn't even fathom the question that the reporter was asking and basically called him everything but a complete moron or maybe he did call him a complete moron but there's another chapter as apparently James Franklin felt bad about it and has reached out. We'll we'll let you hear the uh, the comments and the question is did James Franklin have any reason to apologize? So uh, we'll see. We'll, yeah, uh, we'll we're going to have that. to save this, yeah, because uh, it, it is long. But you know, I think it's the the question was worded poorly, but I know what he's trying to get at because we had a similar conversation yeah. uh, around Mississippi State, and it was valid. And I think this premise was valid because Penn State's not beating Ohio State and Michigan if they're not more explosive on offense. It's not going to happen. Uh, it just poor guy. Y- you'll hear it. He he didn't he didn't do the premise justice. No, he did uh, he did not. Also, yesterday we got the announcement uh, of the 2023 SEC football legends class. Would you listen to this group from Alabama? Andre Smith, offensive tackle from 06 to 08. Arkansas, they went back a ways. They got defensive tackle Dick Bumpus from the late 60s. Auburn goes offensive lineman Ed King from the late 80s. For Florida, early 90s quarterback Shane Matthews, Mississippi native. Georgia, no Sean Moreno. Man, he was good. 2007-2008 at Georgia. Kentucky, a tackling machine. Linebacker Wesley Woodyard. James Britt, defensive back, late 70s, early 80s from LSU. For Ole Miss, 2003 to 2006, linebacker Patrick Willis. For Mississippi State, 95 to 98, tight end Reggie Kelly. Oh, he was so good and such a great guy. Missouri goes with tight end Chase Kaufman from the mid-2000s. For South Carolina, how about Marcus Lattimore, 2010 through 2012. Tennessee's wide receiver Joey Kent from 92 to 96. Man, he was a player. Ray Childress, defensive lineman from A&M in the early 80s. And Jamie Winborn, the linebacker from Vanderbilt, 1998 to 2000. That is a really, really solid legends class this year for the SEC. Of course, they'll be introduced at the SEC Championship game the first weekend in December. 5 o'clock hour, coming up next, Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio. And I just want you back by my side I spent four lonely days in a brown LA haze And I just want you back by my side Sports talk in the state. It's the best thing. Say that again. We the best on three. One, two, three. We the best. Sports talk Mississippi. Super talk Mississippi. I was supposed to have been 
five o'clock hour. Friday during football season. Doesn't get a whole lot better. I mean, I guess it gets a little bit better if we actually had games this weekend. Yeah, it could but, be better. But, you know, it's it's still a Friday in the fall, and uh, you get to, tomorrow you get to take a deep breath. You don't have to allow your emotions to go super out of control in one way or the other. Just to kind of take a breath. Weather's going to be really nice, I think, and uh, just kind of enjoy the day, or at least that's what uh, you can try to do. Alongside Michael Borky, I'm Richard Cross. Brian Haydad has the day off. We're glad to be with you in the Pearl River Resort studio. Pearl River Resort, the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Visit them online at Dancing Rabbit Golf. You can book your tee time there. I've told you a million times, fall golf is my absolute favorite golf. It cools off a little bit. You throw on uh, a sweater. You go to Q-Zip Borky if you want to do that. Uh, go long pants, or you can play in shorts. You know, once the dude is out of the way, I mean, that that's a little annoying, but not really. Oh, just go out there and be a dew sweeper. It's absolutely fantastic. Playing that fall golf at Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Visit them at dancingrabbitgolf.com. And you can look great doing it in uh, in the apparel from Genteel. Genteel Apparel. Dot com. Early flight this morning out of Memphis. I bumped into uh, Lauren, who works at uh, Genteel, uh, in the airport. She was headed to Arizona for their next photo shoot, already looking ahead to their spring collection, kind of working a season ahead. Great things happening at uh, Genteel. Gentealapparel.com. They've got the collegiate collection. So many teams that have been added. So it's not just Ole Miss and Mississippi State. You get teams from all over the southeast, ACC, SEC, Sunbelt, and more. So uh, check that out. Collegiate Collection from Genteel at genteelapparel.com. Let's get into a little college football fix. College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com. Check out the great savings that is available on the model of your dreams. Test drive at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. All right, Borky, walk us through. Let's make some picks. Yeah, let's do that. Let's pick some games. I know that uh, less exciting because our team's on around, but you've got a That's couple. That's all right. Uh, the, the one that you talked with Bruce about, uh, Oregon-Washington. Uh, game day there, all that. The atmosphere is going to be unbelievable, and I think the winner of this game will make the playoff. And I know college football doesn't really work like that with uh, five games after that and a pretty good Big 12, but I do think that these are, excuse me, Pac-12. Uh, these are the two best teams, though, in the league, and the winner of this game, I think, will be the, the representative from the Pac-12 to win the playoff, Washington being a three-point favorite at home. I'm just going with a gut here. I know Bruce does this for a living. I get it. I'm just going to ride with bodacious Bo Nix and the Oregon Ducks. Uh, getting three points on the road, raucous environment, great atmosphere. I think defensively there might be a little bit of an edge for Oregon in comparison to um, to what Washington brings to the table. I, look, at the only time you've seen Oregon play this year, was against Colorado. You, you can't base what you saw in that game on what you believe about Oregon. But you're talking about two of the highest-rated offenses in the country, 
two incredibly efficient quarterbacks that are playing at a really high level. I don't know why, Borky. I just just kind of a hunch. I'll go with the Ducks plus the three. I I, I like that. I I'm with you. Washington especially hasn't looked now. Georgia didn't look very good until they did this year, so maybe that's all it is. But Washington, the last couple of weeks, struggled with bad teams, uh, Cal and Arizona, respectively. And I kind of feel like they're going to get, not punched in the mouth this weekend, but yeah, I think Oregon's going to go in there and win. Okay. All right. So, wrong team favored. Yeah, I'm not giving that a wrong team favored stamp because I really do like Michael Penix and I like Washington and I know that's going to be a great environment. I'm just, it's almost like a flip a coin and let's see. So so we'll, we'll take the three points and take Oregon. The marquee game in the SEC this weekend. It's kind of depressing to say, if we're being honest. It's an unranked team at the number 19 team in the country. Not exactly a great weekend for the SEC. A&M at Tennessee. Big game for both programs for different reasons, if we're being honest. But uh, the Aggies, a three-point underdog. A lot of people pointing to this game as it won't cost Jimbo his job, but that will be the thing that you point to as, okay, it ended on that day, should they lose. You know how I always say that Kyle Field is absolutely beautiful. It's big, and it's loud, and it's nice. Neyland Stadium is not that. It's big, and it's loud, and it's rough on opposing teams on game day. And that's what it's going to be tomorrow. Tennessee Going to end up winning this one by a couple of scores. Not not close when it's all said and done. I got Tennessee by two touchdowns tomorrow over the Aggies on Rocky Top. Uh, Tennessee without their best offensive weapon and a quarterback that's been inconsistent against that defensive front. I know it's on the road, but something in me tells me that the Aggies are going to go up there and win. Don't ask me to explain it beyond that because it's more of just like I think this is what's going to happen as opposed to – an analytical approach, but yeah, I've not been impressed with Milton at all. Again, down a weapon. A&M's front is really good. Um, I, I like the Aggies in this one, and I know come Monday it's going to be a really stupid pick, but I'm making it anyway. Well, maybe it won't be. Maybe you're right. I mean, I just took Tennessee laying two touchdowns, and you went the other way, and you got Texas A&M winning the game. So one of us may feel dumb when it's all uh, all said and, and done. happens. Auburn at LSU, 11 points is the line. That feels low to me, uh, but Auburn and their high-flying offense against LSU and their stout defense, something's got to give here. Yeah, and it's Auburn. (laughs) You think so? Yeah, I do. LSU, LSU gets this done. I actually think LSU got just a touch better defensively. They got home against the quarterback a little bit late. They made a couple of plays, turned Missouri over. Um, it was week two, right? Week week two of uh, Pete Jenkins coming in and kind of working with them and going back to the basics and kind of doing some fundamental things. Uh, they're, they're, there's talent, right? So I'm just going to roll with LSU and and say they cover the 11 against Auburn. Yeah, and a lot of people are talking about this game in that, look, LSU's defense has been really bad and and Auburn's offense has been really bad. And so, you know, what's going to give there? And I've heard people use the phrase track meet 
when it comes to this game and which team is going to win the track meet. Well, I'll tell you who I would much prefer on my sideline if I'm going to have to score a lot. And it's Daniels, and it's those receivers, and it's that backfield, and it's that tight end, and it's that offensive line. Regardless of how bad LSU's defense is, Auburn is not equipped to win a track meet. If they're going to have to score a bunch, they're done. And I don't think they're capable of that. This one possibly could get ugly. I'm thinking like 42-14. I mean, just kind of a drubbing where, I mean, Auburn can only move the football on Samford. That's all they got. So, uh, yeah, Tiger's big. The home Tiger's big. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're on the same side of that one. I've already uh, revealed uh, this pick, but USC-Notre Dame, I, I've already said on this show multiple times, I've got a, a dinner bet with Haydad. I love the Irish. Love the Irish minus two and a half in this one. I, I think I want to love the Irish, but I'm taking the points. I'm taking Southern Cal plus the two and a half. If for no other reason, just so that you and I aren't on the same side on all of these picks uh, as we go through it, I just don't know that I think that Notre Dame can can slow down Southern Cal. And is the Notre Dame office, uh, offense going to pick things back up and, and kind of get rolling again with the run game? I mean, there's no reason to think that Notre Dame's not going to score against Southern Cal, but can they keep up in a track meet can that Notre Dame defense slow Southern Cal's offense down at all? Caleb Williams is just so good. And you know how hard it is to repeat as a Heisman Trophy winner? This is his opportunity on a really big stage to remind people that he is the best college football player in the country. I'll take USC plus the two and a half. Up against a break here so quickly, Missouri, two-and-a-half-point underdog at Kentucky. The sneaky game of the weekend. Nobody's really talking about it, but that one could be a lot of fun. At home, at night, in the Bluegrass State, C-A-T-S, cats, cats, cats. I like it. I disagree with it, but I like it. It's fine. Let's, uh, let's take a timeout. We'll pick this up. With uh, maybe one more game, or maybe we'll stop right there. We got a Food Friday coming up next with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Those are your picks, and that is your college football fix driven by Ford. Talk Mississippi to the junction in the grove and to the top. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. on with you on this Friday afternoon in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Thanks for being with us alongside Michael Borky. I'm Richard Cross. It is time for a Food Friday. Food Friday presented by Polk's. You can find them online at polksmeat.com. That's polksmeat.com. 
Com. You know how much we love to grill. We love to uh, share recipes. We love to have fun with you. Food Friday brought to you by Polk's Meat. Check out their website, polksmeat.com, for great recipe ideas, merchandise, and to see all of the food products that they sell. But also, when you go to the grocery store, make sure that you can find that Polk's sausage, whether it's the Cajun or the smoked sausage or the garlic and green onion. If you can't find it, go find the meat manager. Let him know or her know. And if they won't stock it, well, you may need to find somewhere else to shop. You can't beat the flavor. You can't beat the taste. You can't beat Polk's meat products. No buts about it, folks. Picky people. Pick Polk's. Borky, what do you say instead of starting with us? We start on the text line. I'm fine uh, with that. we got to start with Debbie. Uh, we're going we're gonna to get to Debbie. Debbie, um, she, she's got, got plenty. Got plenty. Uh, Dwayne and Brandon. My sweet wife is searing a ribeye for my birthday. Baked sweet potatoes, asparagus, and pork smoked sausage. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Dwayne. Mike in Oxford says, I'm not listening, but I know what time it is. He's got a catfish plate. He's at one of the uh, the catfish houses somewhere. He's got a baked potato and a big old plate of catfish fillets with some onions on top. You're doing it right on a Friday, Mike. Very good. Um, Food Friday, it's going to be terrible. I have guard drill duty. Have to watch games at some restaurant in Monticello, Mississippi. That is from KJ. And the last picture we have from KJ was it was back in April. KJ, don't be a stranger, man. We want to see what you're cooking each week. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, all right. Borky, you said I got to go to Debbie in Ocean Springs. Yeah, we, she's got to lead us off. Look at these pictures. All right, we got boiled shrimp with all the seasoning. They look great. Those are those aren't those are good sized shrimp too. Those are good sized boiled shrimp. Those are worth the effort. And she's got uh, crabs. Got uh, boiled crabs that look fantastic. She went ahead and did a wor- did the work on uh, some of the crabs. Pulled the crab meat out. Went ahead and made some crab cakes. Also, looks fantastic. And, oh, by the way, for dessert, she went with a rum cake. Oh, that And I had a chocolate, chocolate chip rum cake. Interesting. Not many things chocolate chips can ruin. I mean, I no, guess maybe a pizza, but, but, you know. Debbie, everything you have ever sent us looks fantastic. You are a chef that doesn't necessarily have a chef's coat with your name on it. Um, you are phenomenal. I think I might push back on the chocolate chips on the rum cake, but I would push back because of personal preference. So my wife's side of the family has a rum cake recipe that is absolutely spectacular. And here's the secret. on a, Rum cake's good anytime, Borky. But there's a secret to yeah. rum cake. You got to eat it warm. Mm-hmm. When that thing comes out of the oven, about half an hour after it's out of the oven, and it is that melt in your mouth. Ma- oh, I'm so hungry right now. <laughs> I ate one piece of pizza for lunch today. I'm starving. Oh, that's that's not. That's just not going to cut it. Yeah, it's not going to cut it. I'm going to make up for it tonight. I'm just you, not sure where or how yet. You weren't here when we did this debate, so apparently people uh, up in Maryland, uh, they claim that they're the crab capital of this country. 
yeah. uh, frown upon boiling crabs. They think that seafood should be steamed. That's right. how they. That's how they say that that you have to do it. And anything else is blasphemy. I could not disagree with that sentiment more, especially when you're adding other stuff into the boil, like corn and potatoes and pork sausage and mushrooms and stuff. Steaming that does not add the flavor the way that boiling that does. Those people are insane. And we had kind of a debate on the text line about that. Where do you fall? I'm good with both. Like, boil crabs down in South Louisiana, I got no issue with that at all. But I also don't have any uh, any issue with steam crabs from, uh, like, the eastern shore of Maryland either. <laughs> Yeah, but that's no fun. You got to pick one and then and then fight no, to the I death don't. for your side. I, I, no, I'm I'm not shock jock. I don't have to have an opinion on everything. I can say yes. I like all of them. I like good food, and I think both of those fall into the good food category. Hey, dude, which one's better? Which one's better? I don't I don't eat crabs often enough to have that uh, strong of an opinion. They're kind uh, of a pain. People say crawfish are a pain. No, peeling a crawfish is two steps. Peeling crabs is tedious. Yeah. Um, and you know there, there's an evolution when you're peeling crawfish, right? You, you get to the point where it's it's break it, and then you're kind of a good thumb push, and you got the meat. But you have to get to that point usually because if you're a, a novice crawfish eater, it's usually you you're break it, and then you kind of roll it to the backside, and you try to pop it apart and peel it out and get it all out. And I don't know. Um, Nathan's got a couple of chickens. On the uh, on the green egg that he's smoking, and those look great. Uh, let's see here. I have crabs. Okay, you put the you can boil them or steam them, whatever you prefer. No strong opinion there. Thomas in Greenwood said he's just going with the uh, the simple grill tonight. All right, so he's got so he's got ribeyes on there. Ribeyes or sirloins, Borky? Can you tell? I cannot tell. And he's got some smoked sausage on there. He's got a pan of broccoli up on the uh, the top shelf. And then I can't tell what they're... Those maybe stuffed mushrooms? Or maybe some jalapeno poppers that are over there on the grill as well. Uh, regardless, Thomas, that looks really, really good. Um, I think they're stuffed mushrooms. I, I see now in the uh, top pick. Or maybe Brussels sprouts. I can't tell. Uh, somebody wants to know if Debbie is married. Yes, yes, she we is. learned that. Yeah, sorry yeah. to uh, sorry to tell you that, man. Uh, somebody going with Italian sausage hamburger patties at the deer camp. They're cooking them cowboy style, so they've got the open flame grill. Got a couple of cinder blocks with a piece of expanded metal across the top of it, and then just have a uh, piece of cast iron uh, there with the uh, the burgers on top of those. Those would be great. Those will be great. We we see uh, your jokes about the crabs, and uh, I just don't even. We, we see them, crab. and they're funny. But you're not going to get me again. I have learned from my mistakes, and you're not going to get me. I'm laughing, uh, but you're not going to get me. Shane in Oxford says his wife's ten weeks pregnant, so he is having leftover chicken spaghetti. But her iron is low, so he will be grilling steaks tomorrow. I mean, you have to, Shane. It's yeah. a medical necessity. Of course. I mean, if she's asking for it, you, you have to oblige. Borky, we got these oysters. Okay, so look, we got crab claws. Looks like we got some raw oysters and then some char-grilled oysters as well. And then some thin-sliced 
Is that like a baguette that looks like it's still? Oh, yeah, it's French bread. There we go. Uh, Outstanding looking, though. Richard, if you're in Colorado, go eat with... uh, I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina, Dwayne. I wish I was in Colorado. Uh, Crabs in the Northeast are much meatier and easier to eat. I guess that's then you're talking like blue crabs. Uh, Mike suggests crab claws. He gave us a, a restaurant recommendation. Here we go, Bow and Golfport concession stand burgers in Iberville. Go Golfport, says Bo. You see uh, Ben and Meridian's picture. The size of the flounder that he caught in this picture are something. I've never seen a flounder that big. Huh. Look at that thing. He says he's got redfish on the grill, though. Yeah, but but scroll up a little bit. You, you see the picture of all of them uh, before they hit the grill. Oh, I got you. Yeah. Look at the size of that that flounder, man. And I think somehow there's a, a, a bass uh, made its way onto the boat as well. Good stuff. All right, Borky, what are you cooking this weekend? Uh, so birthday stuff tomorrow, just, you know, pizza, Chick-fil-A, cake, and, and all that tomorrow. I think Sunday for the Saints game, I haven't had a good, big, like, embarrassingly big po' boy in forever. I mean, since Nam, really. So uh, that's what I'll be cooking on Sunday. Wonderful. Sounds good. I, I might do hey, I the combo where I do shrimp and roast beef. And just really make my heart stop? I'm not mad at you for that. I mean, I prefer that your heart not stop. That'd be bad for be bad for business. A lot but, of reasons. Yeah, a lot of reasons. Um, I don't know what we're gonna do. I gotta do the grill on Sunday. It's been a couple of weeks since we fired it up, so we'll uh, we'll put something on the grill on uh, Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening when I get home. Sports Talk Mississippi. Half an hour left with you after this. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports. Sports. On your radio and in the game. Super Talk Mississippi. Porky, have you seen the... uh the video of the long drive guy, Kyle Berkshire, where he hits 577 so. yards. Good lord. That's just stupid. Just stupid. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us this afternoon. Thanks for participating in a Food Friday. Food Friday again, presented by Polk's. Visit them online at polksmeat.com. And don't forget about the Polk's Pick 6. Go to supertalk.fm slash polks and enter for your chance to win a six-pack of sausage from Polk's. All you got to do is pick the uh, winners, put a tiebreaker in there for the uh, game that is specified, and give us your contact information. And remember, this week we will announce the winner next Wednesday because Southern Miss's game against South Alabama is included in the six games, and that doesn't happen until Tuesday night. So, 
just a uh, just a little while. If um, if you want to be able, or if you want to chime in and join us, you can do so on the ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. All right, Borky, our watchability windows. All right, we're gonna go, we're gonna go through the uh, the schedule of games tomorrow. Nicely spread out by, by time window. What's going on TV number one? What's going on TV number two? In the 11 a.m. time slot, you have Georgia at Vanderbilt, Indiana at Michigan, Ohio State at Purdue, Syracuse at Florida State, Arkansas at Alabama, Michigan State at Rutgers, Iowa State, Cincinnati, Temple, North Texas. Yeah, yeah. Losing uh, steam. Yeah, okay. We're losing steam. TV one for me is getting Arkansas Alabama initial initially because it kind of has to yeah yeah and um, hmm not good honestly, not good early honestly I think TV two is getting Indiana at Michigan and the reason I mean Michigan's a thirty three point favorite of the game that game's not hanging around for long. But Michigan is really good, and they've been really clinical. And I think it's time to start paying a little closer attention to this Michigan team who's going to have a schedule that gets a little bit tougher over the uh, the coming weeks. Yeah, they they go to Michigan State next week, then it's Purdue, and then finally in two of the last three weeks they get Penn State. And, but it's Penn State, Maryland, o- Ohio State to close it out. Yeah, that schedule's a joke. It, it, it's a joke. I, I No, they can't help the conference they play in. No, they can't. But there's not enough people talking about it, it, it with that in mind. Oh, Michigan's so good. P.J. Fleck called it the, the best college football team he's ever seen. Well, of course he did because they beat him by half a hundred. I mean, that's the ultimate spin zone as a coach. I, I, I think we're overblowing Michigan right now. Let, let's get them tested first before we start declaring, like believing what P.J. Fleck said. Yeah, I mean, that, that's ultimate spin zone as a coach. Yeah, we got beat bad, but guys, that's the greatest college football team of all time over there. Well, of course he said that. What's he supposed to say? Actually, they suck? I don't know. And they haven't been tested at all. The schedule's a joke. Credit to them for dominating it the way they have, but it doesn't get real for them until Penn State. That's their first test. That's right. That's right. I mean, the the whole rivalry game thing, okay, but Michigan State's awful. Yeah, they kind of, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Pre- pretty bad. All right, so the 2.30-ish window, Oregon-Washington is getting TV number one. Texas A&M-Tennessee is getting TV number two. I think it's hard to even pick anything else besides that, yeah. Now, the question is, do you need to stream something on your phone? Do you need to pull out an iPad? You also have Kansas at Oklahoma State, if Troy at Army. If that starts getting weird, then yeah. Florida, South Carolina. That's probably worth pulling an iPad for. That one could be close. Yeah. I have a feeling what I would do, if not for said birthday party, is I would pull that game up on the iPad and then never actually glance at it. I've done that before. Oh yeah, I got to see this one, and then it's there, and then I never even look at it. 
there's another one that, like, Iowa at Wisconsin kicks at three. And it really might make your eyes bleed. But at the very least, you need to flip over to that during the commercial break. Right When you're looking for something to watch during commercial breaks, Iowa-Wisconsin is probably the play. Probably. Iowa, by the way, I know that they lost their quarterback and he wasn't playing particularly well anyway. Mm-hmm. They could go 11-1. and Yeah. It's Wisconsin, Minnesota at home, at Northwestern, Rutgers at home, Illinois at home, at Nebraska. Forky, they could go 11-1, and one, play in the Big Ten championship game, and still have to fire their offensive coordinator. Yeah, they are under the threshold. They have to overperform in the second half of the it season is. offensively, and all the non-conference games are over. And their quarterback's hurt. So, yeah, so the truth of the matter is, somebody has to go, hold, hold on a second. I understand what the contract says. But we're not firing an offensive coordinator after going 11-1 and and playing in the conference title game. His dad, the head coach, will, or could say that. But man, if you go another season scoring fewer than 25 points per game, I don't care what your record is. You can't continue that way as an offense. Well, yeah, but, but I, mm, I can't get on board with that. I can't get on board with... Well, you didn't score enough points. I don't care what your record is. Because Horse manure. Here, did here's you what's win or did you lose? Did you, you won. The the most difficult game they played, they got beat thirty one to nothing. And if they find their way into the Big Ten championship game, they're gonna get beat somewhere in the neighborhood of thirty one to nothing. Okay, so go get Phil Longo, go get Lane Kiffin as the offensive coordinator. They're still not winning those games in the title game. So They've so why are you Ohio doing State it? So that it can, they can do that. With the defense this good? Yeah, absolutely. That I was not beating those teams so just, in the Big Ten Championship So game. just put your hands up and let the head coach's son continue to call one of the worst offenses in modern college football history. Well, you're, you're, you are blaming last year's abysmal offense on this season. I know from a scoring standpoint the numbers aren't great, but the offense is not as bad as it was a year ago. It's just not. They're averaging 25 points per game. But they're winning. What's the name of the game? Is it to win or not? Okay. I, I just I, I would not be – if the goal is to win championships, they are guaranteeing that they don't. Guaranteeing that they don't. Ne- no, never but can. you know what? A year, Hey, but a year from now they'd be a playoff team. And then get beat soundly. They're not winning a national championship at Iowa, man. With this defense, they could at least do Come something. On. Come on. They're not winning a championship at Iowa. They don't have a recruiting base to do it. I can't believe that I have found a person that is defending the existence of Kirk Ferentz's son continuing to call one of the worst offenses in all of college football for multiple years in a row and thinking that, yeah, it's fine. Keep doing that. And, and I can't believe that in the ultimate scoreboard business, you're willing to say, I don't care 
that we went in your scenario eleven and one. Yeah, because let's fire the coordinator. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying fire the defensive coordinator, <laughs> the guy that's winning the games for you. No way. They, in wins, they have scored 24, 20, 41 against an atrocious Western Michigan team. There, there it is. 26 and 20 points, and their loss, they scored zero. They're winning because of defense. It's one of the best in the country. Playmakers all over the yes. field. No, I'm, I'm, I'm very aware of that. I'm very aware of that. I still don't think you blow the whole thing up on the offensive side. And and the chemistry that you've got, and I mean I, chemistry. I mean do do whatever. The, the chemistry on yeah, offense they, is the same chemistry that Bill and Hillary Clinton have. I'm talking about team chemistry, man. I'm talking about the culture that they have around that program. I, I fire the guy. I don't care. I don't know him. I mean, he's got a wife and kids. I'm sure. He's making a lot of money. He's fine. But you know what? Screw it. Just fire him. His team went 11-1. and It wasn't good enough because they didn't win a national championship at Iowa. Hell, you still want to fire him if they won the title? <laughs> I, I, am, I am absolutely not passionate about this, but you like caused me to dig my heels in on it. And I'm like, I mean, they're winning. I don't know. And what would the AD do? Would he would he make fair and stand by the deal and say, no, this is what you agreed to? Um, Southern Cal Notre Dame's occupying a TV in that evening window. So is Missouri-Kentucky. I'm fired up about that one. And, uh, of course, Auburn and LSU. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll wrap it up next. Let's go, let's go, let's go. This is your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. time with you sports talk mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk tv you're rolling into the weekend thinking it's time for uh time to shop for a new automobile Doug ford oxford toyota the place to go for you, you get good weather to shop this weekend get by the wheel of an f-150 they've got really good savings and uh, incredibly competitive financing options for you at Belk Ford, whether it's an F-150, a Bronco Sport, an Expedition, an Explorer, whether it's one of the used vehicles and the big selection they've got on the lot, or maybe just up the hill at Oxford Toyota, you're looking for a Tacoma or a 4Runner or the best-selling for a million years Toyota Camry, they got you covered all at one place, and they will treat you well. Uh, when you walk in the door, you're, you're not going to feel any pushy sales tactics they're going to introduce themselves. They're going to talk to you about what you want, what you're looking for, what you might need, and then try and help you figure out the best way to go about doing it. And it's not just the sale of the vehicle up front at service after the sale with an award-winning service department that has been newly expanded. And uh, if it's routine maintenance and you live in and around the Oxford area, Belk Ford Service Team will come pick your vehicle up, bring it to the dealership, 
take care of the oil change, take care of the tire rotation, take care of the basic service needs, and then bring it back to you. No inconvenience whatsoever. Belk Ford, Oxford Toyota, Highway 6 West in Oxford. So, Borky, we are almost to the weekend. Almost. I guess guess we kind of are. I mean, most people are either driving home or on their way home. I did love our – I forget uh, the name attached to the picture, by the way, but I loved uh, uh, our gentleman on the farm uh, sending us a picture of starting – Starting his weekend early while also still working. I, I respected that move. I'm not going to say her name just in case you can get in trouble, but I, I appreciated that that picture. But yeah, weekend's kind of already here. Everybody's off work or on their way home from work. You got football tonight. I was talking to a friend earlier uh, about off weekends and how I'm like, oh, this sucks. Like that, you know, I don't have any games that that I have to like, you know, watch. And and I, I usually like that. And he said, this is the only weekend of the year where I don't stress. For an entire day. What are you talking about? There's something to do that. And I was like, you really stressed about Mercer? He said, no, but I was stressed about what Lane would say about the crowd after Mercer. (laughs) (laughs) It is kind of a chill day, though, to to kind of kick back. There's enough good football scattered throughout the day that you can, you know, you can lock in on a couple of games. You can have them on in the background. You know, if you need to do some yard work, if you need to get some things done around the house, maybe you're at the uh, the deer camp this weekend, kind of doing some final prep, or maybe you're out bow hunting this weekend. Whatever it is, you can uh, you can cert- excuse me certainly enjoy it. And then when we get back on Monday, Borky, it's game week all over again, and, it and we is. got half a, we got half a season left. And for Mississippi State. You would love to say, all right, let's press the reset button. Halfway through, didn't go the way we wanted it to go. Three up, three down. Didn't play great football. But you know what? Schedule's manageable on the backside. Let's go out. Forget about the first half of the year and just play it. And if you're old Miss, it's the exact opposite. You don't want to push any reset buttons. You don't want to regroup on anything. You hope the open date served as a time to get a little bit of rest, get a few guys healthy, and then get ready for a stretch run. That starts next Saturday on the Plains. Auburn will be coming off a road trip to LSU. And then you come back home for Vanderbilt. You're selling that Plains trip short, though. This then is, it's A&M. This is that game. This is the game that's going to be... Uh, the discourse is going to be stupid around this game. Look, I, I don't know. I don't know what strategy Ole Miss is going with. But if I'm Lane Kiffin, I talk to my team on Sunday when they meet. Say, look, there's going to be a lot of noise this week. Not one of you, not one of you on this team played for Hugh Freeze. Not one. Nope. We've only got. One or two people, handful of people in the entire building that even worked with him. It's completely different. That doesn't matter. If they want to talk and they want to build it up, fine. Let them talk. We're not responding. We are preparing for an SEC football game on the road at a place that is traditionally very difficult to win. We're going to prepare well. We're going to go over there. We're going to win on Saturday night. We're going to come back home. We're going to do it all over again. If I'm Lane Kiffin... 
That's my message on Sunday night. Yep. And and why would Lane Kiffin let himself get drawn into that? I mean, like, I get it with Saban. I get it with Jimbo. He has no history with Hugh Freeze. Other than he beat him when he was at Liberty a year ago. And Hugh's got a chip on his shoulder because he knows he doesn't get that job if Lane Kiffin takes it. I mean... Despite some people's objections to that reality. Hugh Freeze was Auburn's second choice. But you know what? Who cares? He got back in the SEC. They're going to be they're going to be good in time. Whatever. You just got to treat it like another game. Go win. We'll worry about that next week. Good night. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.